Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the podcast that looks back at albums, movies and video games to ask anyone for seconds. I am your host, Dave. Long time no speak. You alright, love? Yeah, I'm alright, love. How's your nan? Good. It's album week and this week we're going to do something a little bit different to keep things nice and fresh. This week we're going to be taking a look at the infamous soundtrack to a critically acclaimed video game. It's time to return to the world of survival horror as we jump headfirst into the soundtrack for Resident Evil Director's Cut DualShock Edition. Yep, we're going to get down and groovy with the clowns fighting in the basement. So, why this one? The soundtrack for this game is infamous within the video gaming community. From its questionable choices of instruments, deviations from the original soundtrack, and, of course, the recent release of Resident Evil 8 Village fresh in mind, I figured that perhaps now was as good a time as any to try and make some sense of this. It's also helped that, for some reason, the YouTube algorithm has been pushing the infamous mansion basement theme into my recommended list. Presumably because of all the RE8 content that I've been watching. Either way, I guess you could argue and say that the YouTube algorithm did do something good for a change. Hooray! Anyway, let's jump headfirst into a context dump of sorts and try to understand just what the hell happened with this. Let us start at the beginning. The original Resident Evil game was released into the world on the 26th of March 1996 on the original PlayStation to critical acclaim. It led to the world discovering survival horror, some truly cheesy voice acting, an engaging story that hadn't been seen in the video game medium at that point, all accompanied by a truly eerie soundtrack, truly cementing itself into the history books. One and a half years later, to cash in on the then-announced and subsequently delayed sequel of Resident Evil 2, a director's cut version of the original game was released into the world in September 1997. Along with a new arranged mode for the game, where item and enemy placements were changed to add an element of challenge for players of the original, a beginner's mode was also added for inexperienced players wanted to see what the fuss was about. There was also a few gameplay tweaks, but nothing really to speak about. But Dave... This is a music episode, not a video game episode. What are you doing? I'm getting there. Bear with me. In January 1998, Resident Evil 2 is released into the world, garnering critical acclaim, plaudits and fans the world over, including myself and fellow co-host Matt. Capcom smelt opportunity. And more importantly, money. In August 1998, there will be yet another re-release of the original Resident Evil. This time, Capcom thought it was best to try and make this new release worth the money. How did they do this, you cry? Well, the PlayStation's DualShock analog controls were implemented into the game, meaning that you could move around the mansion with your chosen character 
using the analog sticks, along with vibration being integrated into the game for a much more immersive experience. Clever stuff. However, along with this, Capcom made the rather odd choice of completely removing the game's original soundtrack by Makoto Tomazawa, Koichi Hiroki, and Masama Ueda. Instead, they would be replacing it with a soundtrack by Mamoru Samurogochi. Samurogochi was, at the time, hailed as the digital Beethoven, due to the fact that he claimed that he was deaf, composing various symphonies and musical pieces. He even scored the soundtrack to another Capcom classic, Onimusha Warlords. Speaking to Time magazine in 2001, he was quoted as saying, The saddest thing for me is not to be able to hear an orchestra perform my work, but then I think I am composing not for myself, but to make other people happy. Notice I use the word claimed. This was not a mistake. On the 5th of February 2014, it was revealed that Samuragochi was using a ghostwriter. Dun dun dun! Takashi Nigaki was revealed to be the real composer behind Samuragochi for the past 20 or so years. Nigaki told the press that he was paid over 7 million yen, around $69,000 in 2014. Nice. For compositions he had written, while Samuragochi continued to live with his lie. In fact, it turned out that yes, Samoragochi had indeed been deaf, but he had regained some of his hearing a few years previous to this admission. These revelations only came to light as one of Nigaki's works was to be used by Japanese figure skater Daisuke Takahashi during the then-upcoming 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. Nigaki stated in a press event that he can't fool the people anymore. Can't argue with that. Man taking credit for your hard work must be pretty disheartening and demoralising, even for all the money in the world. Now, with all of that lengthy, girthy stuff out of the way, it is time to ask anyone for seconds, Dave, how are we covering this then? Well, luckily, I managed to find a lovely video online featuring both the side and track to the director's cut and the DualShock version. So in that vein, it's going to be the best way to approach this, I feel. From here on in, I will be referring to the DualShock soundtrack as DSE, and the Director's Cut as DC. First off, I want to say that actually it's very difficult to compare both soundtracks to one another. They each have their own vibes and motifs that carry throughout each musical score. Granted, the DSE does have the joy of the sounds of farting trumpets, it also does have some wonderful melodies in between the farts. It's worth noting that when the DSC is good, it's very, very good. Similarly, when it's bad, it gets it so very wrong. Most notable of these is the mansion basement theme, which we'll get to in a bit, I promise. The DC soundtrack is a much more visceral soundtrack, making use of a full range of sound, droning notes, and a more varied use of, shall we say, instruments? Yeah, okay, instruments. The DSC, however, with the talents of Nigaki on board, is a much more traditional soundtrack and score. You could argue that this is more traditional, and as a result, much more boring. However, some of the melodies are absolutely gorgeous. 
Take the medical room theme, for example. While the DC soundtrack mimics a Mellotron and is very subtle with its use of melody, which don't get me wrong, is beautiful in its own way. The DSC version uses a piano with a violin backing to really sell the vibe of feeling safe, whereas the former reminds me a little bit of a child's lullaby. They are both starkly different and fantastic in their own way, but for series continuity, I think DSE Edition just pips it due to the fact that it feels more in line. While yes, the DC version is beautiful, it is very of its time. While we're on the subject of things feeling dated, DSE has a very distinct honour of feeling dated due to the fact that the samples of instruments used are clearly MIDI and you can't tell they're the real thing. If the score was played live with a real orchestra, perhaps it wouldn't feel so dated. Whereas DC just feels fresher because of its use of different sounds and droning notes. Take the mansion basement theme from the DC soundtrack. It sounds just as terrifying now as it did back in 1997. The use of what can only be described as modulated violin samples really sell the sense of unease, along with the stadding dun-dun noises from a modulated keyboard of sorts. It really ramps up the tension perfectly, and is exactly how game design should be done. Okay, while we're on the subject, let's talk about that bloody mansion basement theme from DSC. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Is it a mistake with selecting the same MIDI instruments for all the tracks? I just don't get it. Some would argue that actually the echoing in the melody is pretty clever. Which, to be fair, it is actually used trope in some music. However, it could have been used to a pretty creepy effect but because it is being played by several MIDI trombones, it sounds ridiculous. Maybe it couldn't be changed because otherwise Samoragochi would be revealed that he was using a ghostwriter in order to keep up with his death charade. Who knows? It's clearly the biggest misstep in this soundtrack because it's just so, so bad. During research for this episode, I've seen that various people online have tried to quote-unquote correct it by transposing it to various instruments, adding drones and various other techniques. It's not as bad granted, but it just doesn't work. I just... Ugh, just how can a piece of music get it so wrong? Overall, it's clear that the DSE soundtrack has clearly been composed to be a standard horror soundtrack. Does it fit the brief? Absolutely. Is it any good, though? Yes and no. As I've said previously, when it hits, it hits hard. When it doesn't, it's clowns farting about in the basement. It doesn't always get it right, and yes, this is some people's preferred version of the soundtrack, because they may have grown up with it as opposed to the DC soundtrack. For my money, though, I prefer the DC soundtrack just because it's more iconic it's much more inventive and gives off a much sinister vibe than what the DSE does. That's not to discredit the DSE soundtrack. 
because despite its moments of glory, it just falls flat in a lot of places because it's not memorable. Unless it's clowns farting in the basement. That shit stays with you. Believe me. It's been stuck in my head for days now. I feel that in context with the game, the DSE is a lackluster experience. At the time, the DC soundtrack helped cement how different the game was from all of the other video game media. The DSE just comes off as unnecessary, part of a gimmick by Capcom to try and shovel more money into their business. Which it is. Make no mistake. The only reason this soundtrack exists is to try and get games to part with the hard-earned money for yet another re-release of the original Resident Evil, eight months after the release of Resident Evil 2. This started a troubling precedent for Capcom of double-dipping, and I'm sure I will probably cover this in a future video game episodes down the line. In a live setting with real instruments, I'm sure that DSE is a sublime experience. Just in this form, I think I'll probably pass and just have some good old-fashioned DC soundtrack. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. Do you agree? Disagree? Do you think that the DualShock edition represents clowns properly? Why don't you get in contact with us? We're over on Twitter as at AnyonePodcast. We're also on Facebook. Just search for us. You will find us. Longer rants, rambles, clown farts and considerations can be sent via email to anyone for seconds at gmail.com we do the odd stream on twitch.tv slash anyone podcast come give us a follow there don't forget to like rate and review on your podcast platform of choice as it helps us grow the podcast and we can affect further ears with the t-virus and grow our lovely community we we won't actually infect you with the t-virus it's a bad joke i'm so sorry This time, I think I'll leave you with one of the aforementioned rescorings of the Mansion Basement theme from the DualShock Edition soundtrack. Do you think it's an improvement? You tell me. Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this. impressed I made it through the episode without making a single clown core gag. Wow.